Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus stop hammer time is backed for this season by ladbrooks <laughs> Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. My name is Phil Whelans and we're here at the studios of uh, TalkSport and Talk Radio. Uh, and uh, with me this week I have Benji Lanyardo. Hello. Sam Delaney, who's the reason we're here. Hi. And joining us this week, one of this country's greatest QCs, mm. one of the people that is keeping the nation from anarchy, the... Yep. the guardian of the nexus between good and evil, the bouncer outside of the nightclub of bad oh. that stops people going into it and becoming bad by osmosis from and, all the bad drinks. And, and a manically depressed West Ham fan. Well. And also a manically depressed uh, West his Ham. LinkedIn profile, that's the top line. <laughs> right. That's, that's right, yeah. exactly. It is, uh, some of it. It is Jeremy it. Dean. Great to be here. Uh, fantastic to have you. Um, and uh, Sam, thanks very much for allowing us to come in. You have been you, talk Thank speaking you. constantly for three hours on your own radio yes. show that you do here at yes. Talk Radio. Um, yeah, they don't let me talk about West Ham. Right, of course not. You have uh, to. So everything I've said for the last three hours, including the stuff about world peace, Brexit, mm -hmm. war, is meaningless and pointless. Yellow sky? Have you talked about? Uh, oh, why don't everyone shut up about, about the sky it's like turning it's just yellow? The sky. Yep, it went. It was strange well, though. Shitting themselves about the sky because it changed colour. Changed colour, turned yellow. It was very dark in the middle of it. I was very excited by yeah, it. But eerily beautiful. So I what? liked it a lot. Yes, it great. It's put me in a really contemplative mood ahead of this podcast, which I always consider like a bit like therapy coming here. It's like yeah. West Ham therapy. Mm. 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 Yes, yes, it is. And uh, we have a lot to talk about in this particular session because <laughs> we haven't done one. Since we've played both the Swansea game uh, at the Thunderdome and <laughs> the away game at Burnley. So we have those two games to talk about and uh, then we will reconvene for another podcast in which we'll talk about some random stuff and talk about the upcoming Brighton game. That is the agenda, gentlemen, for today's meeting of depressed 
West Ham fan. Yeah. <laughs> My name Sponsored is Sam Delaney and I am a West Ham fan. Yes. See, that's the first step. Talking of which, Jim Grant isn't here. Um, earlier, Sam, you saw him shouting saw outside him. the building. There's a, there's a, if people know this building. Uh, they talk, might talk do. Radio. Here, talk Radio Towers down in London's glamorous Southwark. There mm-hmm. is a five-side football pitch yes. opposite the studios. Yes. And there's a scruffy bit of kind of municipal garden type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And uh, it was weird because I came into work here mid-afternoon yeah. like I always do and Jim was there. Jim there. And he he looked like he'd been drinking quite heavily. Mm-hmm. He had some can. Yeah. He had Again, a carrier bag. Yep. Around him was some crushed up cans of McEwan's like which you don't see as much these Difficult days. Difficult so to get. I don't know where Difficult he got that from. Maybe it was online. A booze lots cruise. Lots of, yeah. And uh, he was he was smoking a cigarette. Mm-hmm. I, don't, he, I don't know whether he used to smoke. I've never no. seen him smoke before. But he was drinking and he was shouting at the pitch at the five-side pitch he was yeah. shouting coaching lots of that, he calls that coaching yeah and he was shouting yep, things yep. like you know uh you know go with the man get yes. goal side square square yeah. and yeah, he yeah. kept shouting he was screaming to track what's back the runner? what's the runner what's the runner there was no one on the pitch no one there there was no one there no. so and i said what are you doing jim and he yep. said coaching and he didn't yes. look at me he said coach no, no. i just kept walking yes he's Absolutely. been specifically told not to do that as well yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeremy would have represented him a few times. This, yeah. yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Jim. Poor Jim. Pray for Jim. Pray, Pray for, Jim. for Jim. Pray for Jim. Um, um, I know that a Jim... first-class mind yes. uh, reduced to the state. I mean, the mind now is reduced to custard. Alan Ginsberg said it best when he said, I have seen some of the greatest minds of our generation, and then the rest of the poem howl, which no one knows. <laughs> People only know that first line. Yeah. Um, but if Jim were here, if, which in a way he is, uh, he would probably say something like, Ladbrokes are backing us for the season with great offers like bet five, get 20, Jim would say. He'd go on to say, where you deposit £5 and Ladbrokes will give you another £20 to play with, get this offer, Jim would say, at bet.westhampodcast, he'd say, dot com. Bet.westhampodcast.com, he'd say, if he were here now. And Which... I'd do that for Jim out of respect for, uh, for his memory. That was the I mean, perfect I'm, I'm not saying tribute. he's actually no. dead, but in a way he is. And yes. that was a really beautiful tribute, I thought. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes. Uh, wonderful words. Very much like that poem that someone says in Four Weddings and a Funeral. Right? That yeah. wedding. Yeah. You know, someone mm. says what that, whoops, mm. the, that poem at a wedding, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Like Ladbrokes are backing us for the season, he mm. said. Stop no, the that's clocks. Yep. Yeah. Stop the clocks. Ladbrokes <laughs> are betting us. <laughs> um, yes. It's so, W.H. Auden. He wrote it. He did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he wrote for. <laughs> All the great betting companies. Yeah. Coral, you yeah. wrote for them. Yeah. Uh, William Hill. Paddy Power. Yes, yes. Great, great poetry. Some of He wrote Paddy Power, You Beauty. Did he? William H. You know what, actually, we better stop this because <laughs> Labrooks are paying for this podcast, yes. as I understand it, and I've just said the slogan of yes. a rival bookmaker, yes. and I apologise to we our paymasters. Yes. Quite right, too. Absolutely. Right too. So, um... We've played a couple of games of football. We uh, played two games and that we've got four points out of them. And that feels like a steadying of the ship and uh, that perhaps the season has started in something like the sixth game of uh, of the campaign. Maybe. I think we're, it, it's, we're still waiting for... We're still waiting for the thing we've been waiting for. Where yes. Suddenly this configuration of quite promising players play some quite promising football and we win again. There always seems to be something yeah. that doesn't quite go to plan. I thought... Weirdly, in in the Swansea game, the the wing came from Sacco, who's kind of outside of the narrative yes. of of our season. He's almost like a bit of an inconvenience. Yes. Well, we, yeah. um, but you kind of remember, oh God, he's really quite good at football, yep. and he scores goals. And in this game, again, Andy Carroll did a stupid, 
and kind of ruined the narrative. So we're still, I still, I kind of feel it might be this Friday at Brighton. I know we're not talking about that yet. Waiting for the game in which everything comes together as it's supposed to. Yeah, it feels like we're we for two years now. We've never actually quite started. It's been yeah. band aid upon band aid upon band aid in terms of the team, and it feels like we're. We're never quite starting from the zero. Billich has come to represent that feeling that nothing's ever going to come together. <laughs> yeah, he's, it's true. he's such a nice guy, and I personally, yes. you know, rate him as a manager. But he's got that look about him as if to say, you know, it's never quite going to work out. And Saturday was a classic example, wasn't it? There's mm. always a caveat in, in, a, in a Billich press conference, either before or after. And actually, interestingly, this, um, his press conference before the game this week, the, the, the West Ham official social media channels all made sort of great hay of the fact that we've got no problems. And then mm. within 27 minutes, Andy Carroll <laughs> made one. Yes, yeah, yeah. problem. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've had something extraordinary, like 12 red cards since Billich has been That's right. the yes. manager. So clearly there is an issue there. I don't know what that is, but there is an, an issue there with, with discipline. I think he is a lovely bloke. I loved him as a player. He seems a, a great guy. I desperately wanted him to work. I don't think he's a good manager. I think that this is the best squad of players that we've almost ever had, ever by a mile, it's the most expensive squad ever assembled. Mm-hmm. And I increasingly look at our seventh-place finish in the first season as basically the result of Dimitri Payet, who, for a spell of about ten months, was amongst the top three players in the world, I would say. I mean, it was extraordinary that we had somehow bought a player who was... Yeah. It was like having <laughs> Diego Maradona in the mid-80s put into your put into a bang-average side. It was all a terrible mistake. It was a terrible <laughs> mistake. He only He's rubbish again now, by the way, at Marseille. So he had this one amazing period where he happened to land at West Ham like a gift from God. I think that and, season and was... all of our results were, uh, uh, you know, almost all the results were generated by him. Yeah. And after that, last season was poor. It was very poor. We got away with it last season. This season, he's gone out and bought a Nortovich who looks, to be honest... And I can't, I'm no Jim, I'm no poet, he looks dog shit, right? (laughs) And he's our most expensive player ever, and he was specifically the one that uh, he asked for. He's bought Hernandez, who he has not a clue where or how to play, and has even admitted as much, well, it's very hard to fit him and Carol in the team, you know? (laughs) Well, you just went and bought him for loads of money, and you knew, oh, I forgot I had Andy Carroll, right? So he's playing him on the wing, we're not utilising him. Uh, the player, the team is much less than the sum of its parts, and that's exactly. And, and it, when yeah. you and when that happens, and it's been going on for a long time, incidentally, we play more long balls than any other team in the league, yeah. including Stoke and all these other teams that are supposed to be synonymous with long ball football. Um, yeah, you put all that together, and there's really no way other than thinking he's a nice guy, he's an intelligent guy, and he and he loves West Ham. There isn't, there is, you can only assess him as a bad manager. And I think what you're saying is true in terms of, you know, the assets we've got at our disposal right now are, you know, pretty promising. And when, and when a team is less than some of their parts, it has to be down to the manager. Because the inverse is also true. And we're seeing that with teams like Huddersfield and mm. Burnley. Like, player for player, we are, should be way out yeah, that, that's them. the West Ham story, isn't it? I mean, it's a bit, that analysis has been applicable since I was a seven-year-old boy. You know, we haven't won anything yes. <laughs> since 1980. And it's been the same problem, recurring problem, all those years. Yeah. We've got yeah. good players, we've got great players, the manager... But well, we, the, there's, the, there's um, an endemic I problem. Dis- I disagree with there. that, though, to an extent, <laughs> because if you look at the high-achieving teams like the 1986 side, OK, 
That was a team. Well, they weren't that high achieving. They didn't actually win anything. No, they didn't, but they are our most high achieving team in, <laughs> yeah. in, in terms of league position. That was a team where you'd got a, a, a str- an unknown midfielder from St Mirren who got converted to a striker, a winger who they'd bought off Oldham Athletic, a kid who'd come up for a youth team. Trevor Brookin had just retired. Alan Devonshire was thought to be towards the end of his career. Right, you had people like George Paris and Neil Law in the team, mm. and we finished third. Alan Pardew and we went down a, the next season. Yes, or the season after yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was seasons. a team who was more than the sum of its parts. Yeah, where Alan Dickens, who never got near the England squad, was like our midfield maestro. Alan Pardew took a team to the cup final, and it was one of our best teams of the last couple of decades. That was a kind of a hodgepodge of journeymen like Hayden, Hayden Mullins, Mullins, youngsters like Nigel Rio Coker. Yep. You know, these were not. This was not an all-star team, but he he delivered a side that got us to a cup final and did decent in the league and, and played entertaining football. And even though it's hard to it's hard to praise Pardew, but that was to his enormous credit. That that was a, a manager getting more than uh, yes, we, yeah, exactly. And, and then it went it went wrong, just like it did under uh, John Lyle with the '86 team. But what we're seeing now is actually the reverse of that because we used to always complain, well, our, our club never invests. We never invest. Mm. We have to rely on these uh, cheap players and new team players. Well, we have invested. We, we've got a team full, crammed full of international players who've played for the biggest clubs in the world. Yeah, we've got two players in every position and they're decent players. We've got players who are still in the prime of their career, players who are 27, 28, but who have played for Real Madrid or Juventus yeah, yeah. or Manchester yeah. United and they've come to our club and a manager who's been given all the players he asked for, really. Yes. And and we look not just poor, but we, I don't see a glimmer. I saw a couple of moves against Burnley. We think, mm, that looks all right. But that's all I've seen all season. No, there's a strange uh, dynamic there, isn't there? It seems that uh, I think it... You know, by way of defending Slaven Bilic, it's it's possible to say that, uh, you know, they're hard guys to work for, Sullivan and Gold. But in fact, I think a good manager is someone that comes in and goes, look, this is how it's going to be done to the managers because they want to be helped by the people that they employ. That's what delegating is. And uh, he has, he does seem to... um, He's, he's stopped giving us confidence by claiming, like you say, Sam, that things that are within his control are somehow not in his control. Yeah. Like last season when, uh, when our form, um, slumped sort of alarmingly and we sort of limped to the end of the season, he said some of our training sessions seemed to lack intensity. That's when your job begins. You can't. <laughs> the thing is, you can't is complain is like, about that. Honest, we should, we the should hear the case for Jeremy, yeah. 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 Yeah.
through whether it was Pie, whether it was Antonio yeah. and Lanzini or something special Sucker happening. Or whoever, Second yeah. season, there were a lot, a lot of mitigating factors. The stadium move, obviously, being the biggest one. This, I think, is the season yeah. in which we judge yeah. Billet. Well, yeah. this is last season. Yeah, yeah. and on and, the contract. And yeah. I think what, one thing that that worries me is that consistently Bilic is an excellent pundit and he always says the right things after a West Ham game he always kind of says the things that I hope he says uh, he, he, he spoke about how um, uh, Andy Carroll should be more experienced than that in terms of you know his crazy sending off this weekend and usually he does pinpoint exactly what goes wrong in a game but seems to not be able to affect that in advance for example <laughs> Andy Andy, he, he talks about Andy Carroll you know, uh, you know he's, he's a 28 year old uh, England international that should have the experience not to do this well then make sure he doesn't do it same with his injuries I've read two or three Slavon Bilic columns in the Evening Standard saying um, the problem with Andy Carroll is that he throws himself about like a maniac in training and gets injured so it's like Slavin, tell him not to do that then and make sure he doesn't do it because Andy Carroll then subsequently got injured in training so you're thinking if you can analyse the game so well why aren't you actually making things happen but, you know but obviously the big question is Sam you know let's assume Bilic get, we lose against Brighton which we could yeah. and he's out which he probably won't be who who do you want to? I think to I don't. See I mean, in? look, there's a lot of managers who I think would be better than Sam Bilic. I think there are a lot available of available though. Who, who's I mean, available? Well, I think that you know it's an attractive job, West the West Ham job, and there are certain we can get any manager we wanted, but there are some managers who who are out of work. We might wait for the until the summer rather than you know they might get rid of him and then wait till the summer to replace him. But I think there are there are some managers who have proven that they can get. Um, more out of their squad. I think the other thing is, don't forget, we live in a post-Leicester era. People forget about what happened with Leicester, as if it's distant. That, to me, was a watershed moment in global sport, right? Is that Leicester, they made a mockery of anything that pundits or fans like us sit around ever talking about. We all analysed the game. And you sort of think, Claudio Ranieri was a bit of a joke figure in this country, and he turned up, and look at that team... Right, there is no way our players now are better than the team that no, Leicester had no. on paper. Right, we are no, I we are better than them. They had Mares, who I felt part, he won Player of the Year. I thought Pyatt was a better player that year. Right, yeah. and uh, they and they had Vardy played well, and probably the best player in that team was Kante. Right, yeah. he's he was the the real secret to yeah. the side. But once that's happened. It's really hard for any manager to run and hide yeah. uh, uh, from anything. You, I mean, you know, there are English managers like Eddie Howe and Sean Dyche. Uh, if Sean Dyche was West Ham's manager, we would be doing better than well, we're we doing don't, at we the don't moment. We don't know that, actually. We, we, we don't know. There uh, is my actually... opinion is, mm. is that we would definitely be doing better. <laughs> Plus, there are then a lot of people I know would like to, to move up to the next level, yeah. which some West Ham fans said we, say we should be doing. I'm not, don't know what that is, not convinced that we're good enough to be doing that. They think that we should have a continental manager, that we should have a... We do, know, we pe- do pe- have a continental manager. Yeah, yeah. I know, but to replace the one we've got, so a, a Champions League manager like Mancini or Pellegrini or Ancelotti well, or I don't know whether that's The truth is, though, we tried this pre-Billich. We basically thought, right, we, we are um, projected to enter the big time over the next few years when we move stadium. And we went to, um, we went to Ancelotti, we tried to get Klopp, um, yeah. We tried to get Benitez, and, all, and all of them said now. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how Billich. we ended up with Billy. But yeah. the problem is, what's changed? What's actually changed since then to make any of these big managers think? Well, oh, I actually. would say that the squad looks better. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if I was, you know, I mean, look, I don't think Ancelotti would come to West Ham. However, you could look at it and think they've got this huge stadium. They've got like uh, a team that has got Lanzini, 
Um, it's got Hernandez, it's got a Nortovich, who I think, like I say, to repeat, is dog shit. But <laughs> at least I think, well, I might be able to get a tune out of him. I've got Obi- Andy. Obiang. I've got, yeah. got Obiang. I've got uh, Ka- Andy Carroll. There's the England goalkeeper. There's a leader in Zabaleta. Yeah, yeah, you'd fancy that. Rafa Benitez would fancy that over the Newcastle squad, I'm sure. I think one thing that's happened with Bilic is that uh, uh, that team in the first season uh, had a quite distinct style which worked, which was pressing uh, with lots of energy and counter-attacking with pace. And uh, Jenkinson and an informed Cresswell mm. helped that yeah. to happen. Yeah. Lanzini's quick feet and Paye's quick feet helped that to happen. Both of them sort of made Noble look like a better player. And what's worrying about Billich is that he um, he then didn't seem to uh, legislate for the next season in his kind of purchases. He was going, you know, Antonio will be a right back. It doesn't <laughs> bother me that I don't have a backup left back. Uh, Aaron Cresswell's made of titanium and will be fit. Oh no, a week before the beginning of the season, his leg has been snapped by an Austrian footballer. I've got to buy another one with one day to go before the yeah. start of the season. Uh, he sold Tompkins uh, and then went to three at the back within about a month and a half of selling his third central defender. And a lot of <laughs> And and so he dismantled his own team. This season, uh, he talked about buying pace and bought uh, uh, Zabaleta, who's in his early 50s, uh, <laughs> Arnautovic, who is not a, a quick player and has not bought any quick quick footballers. And in fact, the one that he could have maybe hung on to just as a squad player, Faguli, he sold because he went... Last season was a terrible mistake. I will sell every single player we bought <laughs> yeah. so that people forget about last season and kind himself, of go yeah. you know, jump straight from the fourteen fifteen season to the sixteen seventeen season, missing the missing the middle one out. Um, so and now I don't think he's got a kind of tactical no. plan. No. He's now just patching it up, patching I it up. I think you've hit the nail on the head. Actually, I think as fans we go there and we we don't really know what his plan is, do we? I, I don't mean, think he knows H- what his team no, is. Hernandez no. on the wing. Is it going to be Carroll? Is it going to be Saka? Yeah. But this was the thing that frustrated me so much this weekend. Like this was the first time for quite a while where we kind of had all of our assets at our, at our no. disposal, right? Um, and, and he even said in the press conference beforehand that you know this is we can now do what we've been planning mm, to do in mm. pre-season. And I assumed that that means okay, it's a kind of five-three-two with Hernandez up front and, and Arnautovic and Antonio either side. And yet the problem with Bilic is that um, he just can't resist the temptation of Carroll. No, that's right. Um, and the, and the truth is, and I've said this a few times on the pod, is that for, for me, Andy Carroll should only ever be a Plan B. Yeah, yeah. He he is a, he's a fantastic person to have coming off the bench with tired defenders on sixty five minutes, and yet he succumbed to the temptation of Carroll. Yes. And look and look what happened. We'll keep talking about this in a second. Before, after, before, or after, or during these messages. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. Welcome back. Before we uh, broke, we were talking about uh, Andy Carroll. And uh, Benji, you were saying that uh, the same... I mean, Sam Allardyce was essentially attracted to Andy Andy Carroll based on his height. Well, uh, Andy, he, Andy Carroll He had was... experts every week monitoring his height. <laughs> uh, he had a backroom team working on Andy Carroll's height and making sure that his height remained consistent. You look at Prozone, which yep. I, I study the Prozone <laughs> stats a lot. I don't know about you guys, but his height is one of the most consistent exactly. in the Premier League. He has week in, week I, I, out, I he's over 6'2". Psychologically, so. Carroll is really bad for Billich because... 
I think what it does, I mean, he, as Benji has said, Bilic is ostensibly obsessed with Andy Carroll. <laughs> but it's not the West Ham way. And I think whilst Carroll remains Bilic's trademark... Mm. Billich is going to have a problem. But it was never meant to be this way. It feels like Carroll is like the devil sitting on Billich's shoulder. You, with, with Big Sam, it made sense. Yeah, because Andy, that was Big Sam. Mm. Andy I mean, Carroll almost, was like, yeah. Andy Carroll was his, was his muse. Was, like, yeah, yeah, a, a team yeah, with Andy Carroll up yeah, top yeah, was, yeah. was Big Sam's Sistine Chapel. It's but that was right for that time. For. It was right because Allardyce was manager. We were teetering on relegation. We were still at Upton Park. But I think in the new stadium, I, I do genuinely feel, I've often thought this, as long as Billich, you know, is obsessed with Carol, the, the, there's going to be this sort of feeling that we're never going to go forward. And it's Where's fear. the great football, the academy it, of football guys? Yeah, Bilic plays him through a kind of fear. He's, he's, he knows his job's under threat. He knows that... You know exactly yes. what you're going to get with Andy Carroll. Yeah. Um, and, and it would take a brave manager, but this is what he should have done, it'd take a brave manager to play that team with a front four of Lanzini, Antonio, um, Arnautovic and Hernandez. That's what it was kind of supposed to be, but then he kind of wussed out a little. Bit yeah, but ben, Benji, you know, a, a question. Uh, you, you say front four. I mean, I, I, I would like to see Sacco given a proper run. Mm, me too. The yeah. fact is, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes with Sacco, but Sacco is a really dangerous. Forward. Yes, I think even he, uh, you know he hasn't played much football for the last kind of two and a half yeah, couple of years. We but can... actually, I think that uh, a seventy percent fit Sacco is good. I think Sacco is a. Was well, a really good player, and he exactly fits the kind of counter-attacking, yeah. high-pressing yeah, game that Billich sort of wants to play. And look he at, just look at the right the Swansea game, which we haven't gone into yet. Is one of the worst games I've ever sat <laughs> yes, through. Yes. I've sat through mostly mostly shit yes. throughout I was, all the years. I was watching it on Yom Kippur, and I think I atoned for my sins just <laughs> yeah. by just by I watching mean, that game. Yeah, to be honest, I was I was there for my daughter, and she's like, God, she's a real resilient West Ham fan. <laughs> So I've been taking them since she was about seven, right? She's ten now. She, I don't think she's seen a single good game. I'm not <laughs> sure she's seen us win. We missed the goal, right? We missed the goal. Oh, yeah. Right? It was, yeah. But it was so bad. And I've seen, I, I would say, almost 60%, 70% of games I've ever seen. I've been going there since I was eight, right? Have been pretty poor, okay? But, but performances. And it was so bad. And then... Masuaku comes on, who every time he's come on the pitch has been the player that's made the difference. Yeah, yeah. And actually, Sacco, it was a great finish, Sacco. It was yeah. brilliant by Masuaku, and it was also a very good, difficult finish. It was close, so it, did, it yeah. looked like a tapping. But... And then, so you think, well, we have been shit all season. No one's playing well. These two lads have come on and straightway made an impact. They're shoo-ins for the next game. Yeah. He's, he's played two, not one striker, Two strikers ahead of Masuaku, uh, ahead of uh, Sacco, yeah. and he could have played Masuaku either at left back or even better on the left wing. Yes. I think that's his because, best position because yeah. because yes. of it. Because every time he's played on the left, he creates something in a way that no other player, bar perhaps yeah. Antonio, who I feel sorry for because he's a brilliant player in a poor team, right? He makes a difference. Yeah. He's played a Nortovic who has not done one good thing since he joined as our record signing. Right, but he could have dropped Cresswell or an Ortovic. Neither of them are having good seasons. No. Should have dropped an Ortovic, of course. Masuako's thinking, "What the hell's all this? What more yeah. do I need to do?" I came on and single-handedly won us the game. I just yeah. went past two players and put it on a plate. He could be our Gareth Bale converted from left back to, to left. Yeah, back. Oh, yeah. And with, I mean, our, with yeah. Our sensational plays that he's been the best player this yeah, season. And, and, and I think you're right with Anatovic. He used to be called the, the pound shop Zlatan, <laughs> yeah. and, and we're seeing a lot more of the pound shop and not very much yeah, of the Zlatan. Zlatan. I mean, yeah. he's a, he looks like. 
like he's pissed off about All being the time. there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. that is, you got like a lot of these signings, like you mentioned Antonio Lanzini. Uh, I'm not certain about this, but I'm pretty sure they were signings by the board. Okay, the pl- the pl- signings that we know Billich takes credit for and pushed hard for are Hernandez, who we've said he doesn't really know what to do with Hernandez. Yeah. I think he liked the idea of having Hernandez, but I had no plan for him, so it's a waste. We, we're wasting. <laughs> well, it him. is a big waste. And then Nortovic, who we really push sure he's our biggest. We're West Ham. Twenty-seven million pound is a huge amount of huge money. Amount, yeah. It's not to be trifled with. It's we not got, like we, got we can't write it him. off. I think he'll. Put, <laughs> the, the thing is, he, he's one of those players who will frustrate you because he'll one in six games he'll be excellent. Well, how many? I haven't seen him do a single. I haven't seen him have a good touch. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say he was very good in the cup game, but that was against... Who was that? Uh, Bolton. Bolton. Mm. Yeah, 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 it doesn't quite count. But also, you know, I think that's right about Sacco. I, I, I think that, um, you know, if he is going to go at Christmas or he's, he is going to go at the end of the season, because obviously there was this thing about him, you know, handing a transfer request in and going and talking to his agent and doing all that sort of uh, stuff that the Odom Wingy did a couple of years ago. Well, w- what you're doing now by kind of going, right, OK, we'll keep him, but we won't play him very much. It's just a weird... It's neither one thing or the other. Why don't you keep him and play him every fucking minute of every <laughs> yeah. game? Because he's a really good player. There's two sides. And also, you'll yeah. put up your... If you want to sell him, you'll put up his price if you do that. He is a good player. So kind of going, oh, we've got this good player, but what we're going to do is slightly punish him for his... It's so um, frustrating because on the one hand, I think he's actually the most complete striker we've had yes, at West Ham yeah, for, yeah, a for a very long time. Long time. Yes, yes. He can do everything pretty damn well. On the other hand, he does seem like he might be a bit of a wrong like he, there, there's always well, nonsense around it. Listen, right. The, the the thing is, there are a lot of fans who despise him on a Frank Lampard, Paul Ince level, mm. right? And the reason is, Paul Ince, what he did was he got duped into wearing a Manchester United shirt before he signed for Manchester United. Frank Lampard, I mean, let's not go back over. I'm just saying it for comparison's mm. sake. Left the club after his dad and his uncle were unceremoniously sacked, right? Yeah. And then we all baited him for yeah. years and years, <laughs> right? This bloke. Went off to France at his own expense, paid for his own medical, and waited outside the ground <laughs> yeah. with no permission for the club. Then came back and went to Chepstow Races, <laughs> yeah. right? Waiting for judgment. It's way beyond anything that Jermaine Defoe, uh, Frank Lampard, Paul Lintz ever did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm not one of these fans going. Oh no, that, that's wrong. Yeah, it's yeah. out of order, and I'm never going to forgive him. I'm like, He's yeah, what, whatever. Me. If you carry yeah. on scoring goals, I couldn't. I couldn't yeah, give yeah. a shit who you are, or what you've done. But it is surprising to me that the same people who might want Paul Ince or Frank Lampard hung up in effigy. For like, yeah. yeah, Paul Ince for when he was like a teenager, accidentally <laughs> putting on the wrong colour shirt, yeah, yeah. and he like, I want him to die. <laughs> I want his kids yeah, yeah. to die. And this place like. He's, he's fucked off to yeah, another yeah. country and paid for a medical yeah, yeah, with another club. The thing about Sacco, he's got a mystique about him. We don't actually yeah. know <laughs> what the hell is going on with Sacco. And he always puts in a good performance. Yeah, exactly. What we do know about Sacco is he scores goals. And actually, when you reflect on it, when is the last time? One of the big problems for West Ham in recent seasons, leave aside the last season up to Parkies, when is the last time we had a striker who actually scored right. 12, 15 goals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Sacco and Hernandez, I think... Mm have got that potential. Both of them have got that potential. Yes. However, Jeremy, I, I, I totally agree with you. The other thing that we also know to be true about Sacco, which is a bit underreported, is he's more of a crock than Andy Carroll. We worked this yeah. out at some point last year. Since he joined West Ham, he's missed a higher percentage of games that right. he could have been able to play yeah. th- than Carroll. Yeah. And unfortunately, you just can't build a team around someone like but that. But with all respect, that doesn't matter anymore because he probably is going to go either at Christmas or the end of the season. So it's just play him play every him, time yeah. until yeah. he breaks down. Play I mean, someone just literally, literally, you know, 
player, a striker, you in a position, yeah. in a team that's got the potential to score I mean, goals. Yeah, the, the, with the Hernandez situation, we have not played Carroll every game, but in every game we've had like a higher percentage of long balls than other than, yeah. than, than yeah, the yeah. other side, right? So we're doing that even when Hernandez is up front on his own. Yes. Now, if you're going to play Hernandez at all, either play him next to Carroll, next to him, not out on the wing, next mm-hmm. to him. Now, no managers seem to ever have the balls anymore to play two together. If he did, it would be sensational because it's the classic little and large yeah, double yeah, act. Yeah. Yeah. But he's Such never going to do that. So what mm. he needs to do is have the balls to play him up front with Lanzini just off him. Right, yeah, exactly. and, and then, and we saw glimpses of that potentially working, but he hasn't given that a go yet. No, totally. well, he, and he had well, the he, opportunity, and he, yeah. and he, and he, and he, he, he wimped out this weekend. That's why handily he doesn't have the Andy Carroll devil sitting on his shoulder this Friday night. Surely that's the game where we well, see that four playing up front. Together. What I think he, what it, what I think he could have done, and, and I think we might have said this a couple of times in this podcast, is do the three-five-two that Redknapp did when he had Berkovic, which is. Um, Three, three at the back, and then uh, two wing backs. He played wingers. Yeah. Redknapp played wingers yeah, rather so than two, fullbacks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So Which yes. would put Antonio yeah. back on the right yeah. wing no, back. No, no, well. I think you can do uh, this but also, Chelsea but then formation. you then you have your two midfielders. So the equivalent of Lampard and Lomas would be Obiang and Kuyati. Exactly right. Then your uh, Ayo Berkovic equivalent would be Lanzini. Yeah. Then in front yeah. of them, Sacco and Hernandez. Yeah, that would be amazing. You I know, mean, I, mean, I think there's someone missing there. I, th- I think it's a uh, it's a sort of um, uh, f- uh, uh, a 5-2-3-1. Does that add up? No. 4-2-3-1, sorry. With the oh, two, sorry. as you said, the two is Kiyate and Obiang, and the three behind, one is, the one up front is, is uh, Hernandez, and the three behind are Lanzini in the middle with Arnautovic, we think, and, and, Masuaf, and uh, Antonio on the yeah. other side. Or Antonio and, and Masuaf, Masuaf, yeah. Yeah, well, three but at the back. Will it, I mean, the, the, the thing is, we're all sitting here talking about all mm. these different permutations. The thing is, any of them are possible because I have never been clear, apart from maybe in his first season, what he, yeah, I don't know every first no. three at the back, four at the back. What happens is, it happened last season as well, we get thrashed a few times with four at the back. So then he switches to three at the back. Yeah. We steady the ship, get some clean sheets, a couple of draws, and then he goes, I'm going to switch back to four at the back. Mm. And then yeah. eventually we'll get smashed again. And he keeps changing back and forth. So what are the players thinking in training? We're not training to a, you know, you read Alex Ferguson's book, he's like, all you need, all players need is consistency. I just say, this is the back four. You train with each other day in, day out, every day. They don't yeah. even know. A Bonner doesn't what, know if he's in the head of front. No, that's or, what Phil was saying earlier. He's right about, you know, that team, the the, the Pardew Cup run team. Mm. And our team with with Pai both were consistent. We played and the eighty six team pretty much the same. Pretty much the same team each week. Yeah. Yeah. But, but there I, is something, go- Sam. You mentioned Leicester. There is actually something going on in the Premier League at the moment, which is a bigger problem for Billich, which is Watford. Mm. I mean, you look at Watford. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. I mean, example. if ever there was an example of a of a manager proving himself to be a fantastic manager, it's, yeah. it's yeah, yeah. Uh, him, isn't it, Silver? Yeah, because. You know, it's the way they're playing, the results they're getting. I mean, we tiny club. We really, are West Ham United. Look, yeah. look at us and look at them. I mean, yeah. that that troubles me. I mean, so that's a manager that I would of, love to have got him. Well, I know yeah. it's too late, isn't too it? Late. I mean, he would have yeah. been brilliant for us. Too late. Know. We've missed a lot of play- managers like that over the years. Yeah. That you, you know. Someone spots somehow at someone club and takes a chance on. Yeah, but to be fair, we wanted Billich. Most West Ham fans 
did want Slavon Well, the Bilic. club, he was certainly fourth choice, at least, mm. from the club. Yeah, yeah but I think view. most of the fans... I what Bilic was my well, favourite. He's yeah. still very yeah. popular. Yeah. Yeah. He's a lovely guy, he's easy to like, he's charismatic, he's clever, and he was a great player, even though he only played one season for us. But I wonder... Um, but that's why we all liked him. Now he's come, and I don't think that there's enough to suggest that he's a decent I manager on any level. I still think give him the season. I, I think you've got to give... Unless it looks like we are going to yeah, go yeah, down. Yeah, he will be given the season. Give him the season. He will be given the season. wait and see, because, you know, listen... We got a win against Huddersfield, who played poorly. Yeah, we didn't deserve a win against Swansea. We deserved a no. point at best. I thought Swansea, if anything, was slightly better than us. Burnley, I think we would have lost that if we hadn't gone down to ten men and just put a strung a, all the men behind the ball for the rest of the game. Burnley are a better side than us. Uh, wait and see. This Friday's the one. That's I think, I think we could Friday yeah. easily so be dragged into a relegation well, I think battle. We, we, we I think most some, teams could beat us. We yeah. showed some glimpses in the away game at Burnley when uh, when Obiang came on. Suddenly, the, the the worst thing about the Swansea team was that is the zero creativity. In, in our team going mm. forward in that, in that match. We just gave the ball away every oh, attack. We pulling. didn't know how to attack the other team's goal. Yeah. So, you know, you're playing Carroll and, and Hernandez up front nominally as a pair in a kind of a 4-4-2. But the midfield was simply atrocious. They couldn't pick each other out with a pass at all. Um, some of those moves in the Swansea game, little Obiang's back heel was, you know, felt like a, quite a good attacking sort of unit. And, um, uh, it's sort of interesting. His his um, slight prejudice. Sort of game, yes, sorry, did yeah. I say yeah, Burnley? Um, yeah, as opposed to the Swansea games is my point. Um, th- his slight prejudice against Obiang is very strange. Statistically, you know. Obiang is our best player this year. So on who scored dot com, which is good but he, for but stats he, geeks like me, we, the, we've only got two players whose average rating is over seven. The first is Obiang. Guess who the second is? Jose Font. Yeah. <laughs> Jose no, he's had a couple of decent performances. Yeah, yeah, but, but, Obi- but um, Obiang is a great player. That's right. And uh, somebody who doesn't seem to quite subscribe to that idea is Bilic, yeah, who, yeah, um, yeah. you know, uh, there were bad performances all over the park in uh, the Manchester United opener that me and Jim went to. <laughs> and um, But he dropped Obiang uh, as a result of that game. And you're like, Well, it took Obiang about a season to break into the team. That's right. He wouldn't break, well, and, and yeah. um, he didn't play him at the beginning yeah, of next. Yeah, you know, he right. played well in our but good I think season. Just the, the big question is how are we going to go forward? Because all this, you know, Sam, you were just saying Burnley are better than us. We struggled to beat Huddersfield. Watford a fourth. I mean, when you actually stand back from it all, we're we're in a pretty dire position, mm. aren't we? Mm-hmm. This is same old story. Because a lot of those clubs yeah. have got it right yeah. at the so moment, we, and they can do better we, than we, us. We, yeah. we, let's assume Billich goes at some point, which he probably will. The question is, how we we should be top six next season and for all the seasons. Well, to top eight, how, top eight, I'd say top six. I think is mm-hmm. impenetrable. All right, well, yeah. top eight, tops. You know, yeah. but how are we actually going to break into that rhythm? Well, you because need, we I should think, be. Think we, you need, I think we've be. got the squad I think that the the you know the dildo brothers so you like about them they've invested in this squad people think oh well we should be investing more not really we're West Ham we've got we've signed a lot of players on for millions of pounds you know it's a great squad so you think it's just a new manager? Of course. I can't see any other angle on it. You look I, at the squad. I think Sam's right. You look at the tactics we play. Mm. You look at the players. that world cl- Some players who are world-class, like Hernandez, who are not performing to the best of their abilities. You look at the bizarre team selection, <laughs> changing formation from one week to the next. All of these things, accumulatively, make you think, listen, if you're a manager, if you're Benitez, who would love to leave Newcastle and come to West Ham, right... 
if you're Benitez, you'd think, look at that. That's a that's a toy box for a manager like me. I've got I've got Hernandez. I've got Antonio. You know, yeah. I've got uh, I've got all these great players. I could make a great time yeah, for yeah, starting get us fit. If 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 Bilic went, I would like to. I I would want to see Bilic at Upton Park. He's been Benef- around Benitez. You yeah. uh, yeah, Benitez. Benitez. I just think he's been around too long. He's managed too many clubs. If the next appointment has to be, in my view, someone young, dynamic, mm. who's hungry to build a club. I really that, like that. I worry about those big managers like like Carlo Ancelotti yeah. and, and uh, Benitez cool. who have had lots of exactly. money when they've achieved sort of high stuff. It's like, you Let know, me, uh, Benitez constantly complains about not having enough money. He complained at Liverpool when their total spend uh, during his tenure had been £227 million. He was still saying, I don't get enough money to mm. buy football. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, a, ma- a name that is somewhere in the runners and riders uh, but doesn't get talked about much that crossed my mind this morning is um, Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, I was just thinking, I'd probably take him. When Brendan Rodgers was at Swansea, and Swansea had that great side that was playing the best football in the league mm. and were get, pulling off results left, right and centre, I remember saying at the time, Swansea City are what West Ham should be. Yeah. In the dreams of West Ham supporters who bang on about the West Ham way and stuff, Swansea City are doing They're what we should do. Football. They're mm-hmm. playing this amazing football. They are achieving surprise results and all the rest of it. Now, he subsequently turned out to be a little bit mental. Yes. And, <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, you know, it didn't go entirely according to plan. But I, I tell you what, he would come and make us play good football with the yeah, players still, he's still relatively early in his career as well. He's yeah. not that old. I think that's a good choice, actually. Mm. Good, uh, good option. We'll probably continue this uh, managerial chat in the next podcast we do, uh, which uh, we'll, we'll, we'll all go home to, and have a shower and then I come back and reconvene. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. And, um, yeah. Well, we're doing two a week next time. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Okay, doing. that's so great. we're recording uh, two in the same... Uh, uh, location, but at different times. Our uh, producers look beside themselves with excitement about yeah. that because they've enjoyed this last <laughs> 40 minutes so, much, so yes. much they can't believe they're getting seconds. You've let them look beyond the veil there. It's part of the magic's just gone for me. It has, yeah. Well, I, I, in a way, I was explaining to us. <laughs> recapping for us. Just to finish, are we allowed <laughs> yeah. a prediction for Friday or not? Is, uh, is not no, we'll do it in the next one we'll that we're going to do, one. which okay. is um, which is going to be okay. right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so this has been it for uh, uh, this uh, today's Stop Hammer Time. My name's Phil Wheelands with me have been uh, Sam Delaney. Thank you. Benji Lanyardo. Thank you. And Jeremy D. Thank you very much. Come on, you irons. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. 
But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk and we're also available on all podcast platforms including iTunes, Acast and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.